Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. Um, really, really well. I've, I've got a, a puppy who feels like it's like having a baby who keeps me up at night, you know. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Yep, that can and happen. I, I feel a bit like a mama that's, you know, not getting enough sleep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, I'm totally fine and she's adorable. So. Good, good. Well, it's a phase. She will outgrow it. Mm. <laughs> Awesome. Well, today is... Go ahead. Sorry. No, go on. Sorry. I was just going to... So I've started the recording. So today is September 9th, 2016. We've got class number four. So yeah, questions or thoughts or any aha moments or tell me how you're doing. Um, Yeah, really good. As I said last week, this is stretching me a lot and and really opening up new um, sort of experiences, I guess. And um, deeper connections, connecting. Um, I do have a question. Just in this moment, as I was mentioning the pup, I I do have a question. It just came to me then. It has come to me during the week. Um, I thought a question to ask Danielle about communicating with a puppy. Um, Is it? Is it? are, Are there any? I I kind of feel we're communicating, sort of, but not fully because you know she's so puppy you know playing scratching there are definitely times she's beautiful and calm mm-hmm. um but do, do you know what i mean my question is does it matter what age they are or do you still have the same level of communication um it depends on the individual some are old souls in young puppy bodies and they're experiencing all the throes and instincts of puppyhood, chewing, biting, playing, you know, etc. And yet when you communicate with them, some of the very old souls are like, oh, yeah, I've done this before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and others are kind of newbies, newbie souls in a newbie body. And it's like all very fresh and new. So your ability to communicate with them will be crystal clear. Um, regardless of whether they're a new soul or old soul, if you make it your intention. Keep in mind that their attention span varies from puppy to puppy. Sometimes they'll give you the full full attention, you know, for full 15-minute session, and other times you've got them for just, you know, five minutes or so. So it really depends on, on your puppy. So um, I would continue communicating with her, you know, and, and reinforcing what you like behavior-wise, what behaviors you, you would like to see different, if, the, if anything there is you know what's up for you but oh yeah still telepath with her and find out um usually there's a, a feel or you can ask them outright but there's usually a feel to an old soul it's like you like when you talk to franklin turtle he's an old soul he knows a lot about a lot um and some other animals and i can't give you an example right now because all mine are pretty much old souls i think <laughs> um but if you talk to a newbie soul you'll actually feel the um, lack of education in them, the lack of um, understanding how things work, why things work the way they do. They might have a lot of questions for you. So you'll kind of get that, that inkling. 
But oh yeah, you can still communicate with her. Yeah, she has that beautiful wisdom and depth feel to her. Sometimes she just looks at me and it's like this really engaged, deep um, look, this feel that comes with this in her eyes. It's really beautiful. And then she goes into this crazy puppy. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, for, for however long and then it stops. So, no, so, okay, okay. Because it just <laughs> seems, watching her, it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so do you have any questions for me aside from that one related to animal communication or any questions that if you did any practices this week that you want more insight on or anything no I don't, I don't okay okay then let's move right into our topic because I want to do a lot of practice with you today so um, my mini topic is very short and sweet it's uh, exposing you to the idea that Animal communicators tend to have niche areas when it comes to this work. Some of us love to do in-person work, some of us like phone work, and others only do email or transcript kind of work. Um, and then there are some communicators that do all three. Um, so know and note, well I should say start to notice what kinds of sessions you like. What do you find most fun and enjoyable? And that may change over time, but know that you don't have to do work in a way that is cumbersome or not fun for you. Don't feel like you've got to do all three. For me personally, I love and prefer phone work because I can do this work in my PJs at 7 o'clock in the morning if I want to start sessions that early. Um, I don't have to be presentable, you know. Um, I don't have to be in somebody's house if I don't want to. I just absolutely love that. And not only that, I love working with the, the photographs or the descriptor of an animal. Um, versus having them in front of me because I'm truly going in without any preconceived notions and ideas and I like I like stepping in with a clean slate and for me that is like the epitome of a clean slate because you're not, you're not seeing any body language. With that said, um, my second favorite, doing them in person. I do like the occasional, you know, leave my house. I do have a limit. I will travel up to a half an hour radius from where I live people who are interested in doing in-person sessions, and I will tell you, almost everybody, given the choice, would prefer that over a phone, because they seem to have this idea in their, their minds that it's going to be a better session somehow if you are there in person. So, you know, I like to explain to people who are outside my half an hour zone distance that indeed the conversation is identical, whether we're in person or by phone. It's not that the animal's any louder or clearer if they're in person. Um, and sometimes you'll go to people's houses, do an in-person session, especially if they've got nervous cats, and, and they seem to think that just because you're an animal communicator, their animals are going to love you right from the get-go. And I'm like, you know what, they're still dealing with our bodies, and so their usual personalities are going to be such that if you've got a nervous kitty with the average stranger, they're probably going to be nervous with me too. <laughs> so please make sure you've got a photograph of them handy so I can still connect even if I'm in person. So um, know that you've got those as, as variety of choices. I do know some animal communicators that only prefer to book their clients by phone, gather the information on the pet in a photograph, and then they, they step off the phone from the client and tell the client, I'll get back to you within a couple days. And they'll either call back with the information they received from the animal, or they will email response back and type it all up. And I just want you to know there's a variety of different ways. Do you know at this point if you have a preference for one over the other? Um, I do. Um, well, you see, I think I'm still developing a bit there, though, because um, 
I would love to be able to just do it over the phone, um, book a time, talk to the animal during that hour or however long it's booked with the person there. The reason I want to do that is because when I was doing the on the other side, um, I found that the most enjoyable because dialogue, we could have dialogue. Mm-hmm. So a new question for the animal could come if based on an answer to something else. Um, things like that. I felt like I was in dialogue via and a communicator with my animal in the you know months back. Um, I like that. Um, I would love to be able to offer that. Um, I really, I, I'm not a, a, a personally, and I, but I see, I, the thing is, I don't know if this is just because it's early for me, but um, going and working in the presence of an animal can, I feel a bit, I'm not quite ready for that. Like I feel a bit pressured. Okay. Um, just in the, I, I have a space here that helps me get into a very, very quiet zone. And, and I just find that helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so working from home with a photograph is how I've, it's really the only way I've done it so far. So I don't know the others, but as a service, if I'm offering this as a professional, I want to be able to book a time. I find, I feel too that will be more efficient for me as well, time-wise, because when I'm doing my practices or case studies uh, that I do at the moment, um, it could take anywhere from 15 minutes to two or three hours. It could take hours sometimes, and that's because I'm not sure, so I go back and forth or uh, check in over a few days or, um, yeah, just that, that preparation. So ultimately, I guess, uh, I want to be able to do all three, but my main offering will be photo- over the phone Okay. Um, with a photograph. Um, I've had phone... I really enjoy the phone contact as well with the client. Um, I get to then express myself uh, better, I guess, or in a way that I can't always do writing things up or on the moment, in the moment with the client. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do enjoy that too. So ideally, I, I'd like, I want to work from home. Uh, sorry, from home. I, I, do, I will do this from home, but from the phone. Um, okay. Okay, yeah. good. And how yeah. many how many phone sessions, practice phone practice sessions have you done so far, or have they only, only been with me? Only, only with you, and that's why okay. um, this I feel is so helpful for me because not just the learning, but the actual doing it over the phone, practicing because it'll build my confidence to do that, and eventually, yeah. Okay, okay. So my next question is: Do you feel ready? to reach out to an open-minded family or friend and do a, you know, just a, a general 10-minute phone communication session with them. Do you feel ready for that yet? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, oh, oh, we never know where to start. Um, not really, no. No. Okay. Okay. All right. So let me just offer you this thought. I'll ask you again, probably in two to three, you know, calls from now, because I, I have it in the back of my mind that you are you are very a very strong beginner here, Jenny. So you are at the place when you feel ready. And here's the thing: it's probably never going to feel comfortable to want to step into that. So don't wait for comfort to be there. You'll be waiting forever. Okay. But when you feel like you know, I really do have an open-minded friend, family who you know maybe. Um, uh, Alicia, 
you could probably work with one of hers. You know, she knows how this works. She would be very patient with you. She would just give you feedback. Um, but when you feel ready to do that, I'd love to have you try it while you and I are still doing our sessions together so that you can bring me your experience back and any additional questions you might have so that we can help fine tune it you know, or fine tune you or, or give you any clarity that you need so that next time you go and do that, you'll feel more confident, not necessarily comfortable, but confident. All right. I, I'd be comfortable doing it with another communicator some or someone like Alicia who's familiar because I find then I get a better, they understand what's happening. Yep. And I, I sometimes feel like people have a bit of expectation for me that um, it just puts a bit of pressure on to, I don't know. Yes, I hear you. Yes. <laughs> People do have expectations of us when we do this work. This is true. Um, so yeah. Okay. So keep that in the back of your mind. And if it feels right, step into that. Reach out to Alicia. Okay. All right, excellent. So yeah, today I want us to sense situations. Um, there are gonna be times when clients come to you and they present to you what they deem as a problem. Cat's not using the litter box. New pet isn't getting along with the original pet. Uh, I can't seem to bond with this animal. Or I was at the animal shelter and I, I just felt this cat was trying to tell me something. And I didn't know if I should adopt that cat or not. You know, it's kind of like reading into a situation about the animal and in addition to what they're telling you exactly is um, very helpful indeed. Last time we spoke about with the animals and fell into their body. We sensed their body in addition to asking them a few questions about their body directly. Because remember, there's two modes of communication. You can ask from a standing outside of the animal Q&A, Q&A, question and answer kind of scenario, or you can merge with them and actually feel their body with them, or you can merge with them and feel the situation as they feel it. So I've presented to you, two, well, four pictures, but there's two that are situations. There's Paul, the predicting octopus, or there's Oscar, the cat who predicts death in nursing homes. So um, which animal are you more drawn to working with? Just, I love them both. Um but I'd love to work with a cat. <laughs> okay, absolutely. All right, so it, it, you know, if you got time to skim through the article, great. If you didn't, no big deal. Um, Oscar is still uh, known to be living, so they had him as of this article. He was 10 years old. It was written in 2015, so he's 11 years old now. You've got his photo there. I've worked with Oscar before. He's, he's generally very open to this, so let's you and I first reach out to him and connect. Now, I did not reach out to him earlier today and say, hey, is it okay if Jenny and I work with you? So you and I are going to go in fresh to this. So you need to connect and introduce yourself to him. Hi, my name is Jenny. I'm here in the hopes of learning more about you and your work in the nursing care facility. Is it okay for me to ask you questions? I'm going to be silently doing something very similar to that. I'm here to teach Jenny and is it okay if we work with you? When you feel like you've got a yes, that it's okay, or a no, whatever you hear, let me know what your answer is, okay? Okay. Um, yeah, Oscar, for me, Oscar feels very, very, very much um, willing. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So Oscar, is it okay if we ask you questions about your work in the nursing home? 
he says he says yes so yes we've got the affirmative so we can go ahead and start right off um anytime you get an animal that is a little bit nervous of working with you you'll often sense that from the get-go he's not the case but if he happened to be then we would handle the prior you know getting to know him a little bit more prior to moving into question scenario a little differently but he's ready so um First question, I'll pose you the question, you can ask him and then let me know what you hear. So Oscar, our first question is, is it true that you feel that you can predict the death of a person? Because that's what the writer of this article believes. Well, Oscar tells me that he he doesn't word it like that, so to speak, he, he, he just, what he knows is what he's here, what he's here to do. So he feels a sense of uh, uh, like a call to comfort and a call to be present and assist. He doesn't see himself as a predicting death. He's a tr assisting transitions. Okay, you're right. He does word it different. For him, he says it's more of a feeling. Okay, so yeah, it's more of a sense of knowingness, uh, being aware. He says it's just obvious to him, being aware of the needs of others. So you and I are wording it differently, same exact idea. You're right on, Jenny. Okay, so ask him. Take a deep breath and drop down. I really don't want your mind in here. And go ahead and ask him. And so being aware or feeling that somebody's getting ready to die, what is it you actually sense? He senses that change is. He tells me it's it's a it's a it's a change that's about to occur, but uh, the feeling is different because um, each person's feeling. He feels their feelings, and it can be different because each person's uh, maybe feeling at a different place um, when when they're approaching the death. Okay. So he feels what they're feeling, and he feels that this change is about to occur he's almost uh, he shows me that he feels and senses kind of like the, the the energies that begin to draw close they call him in too it's kind of work beyond his it's it's work of spirit okay okay good so the and i'm going to ask you this jenny so feel into his answer here so the energy that changes, is it the energy that's coming from the person or the energy that's happening around the person? I feel it's the energy around the person. Yes. That was, that was what I mean by the work of spirit. He feels the energies, uh, I want to say angels, what have you, the, the energies that come. And, and he's one of those. <laughs> he's one of those. He's just in the body. <laughs> he's like, but I'm the same as the angels around. <laughs> Okay, good, good, good. It is the air, yes. He tells me it's the air changes, it's the energy around the body. Very good, very good. So he senses these changes. Ask him, how far away or near do you need to be, if it matters, to a person to sense this? He can, he, he, 
he it's like being tuned into a connection that he it, it doesn't need matter but but it's but the physical presence matters for him to be there physically but he can sense from any distance okay good and that was my question right there yep so we're just trying to sense what he senses you know okay so he's if he's in the farthest part of the building ask him directly does that mean then you can sense somebody getting ready to transition who's way over on the opposite side of the building yeah absolutely yes okay good good all right very good ask him do you feel that the humans that are getting ready to leave their bodies are always aware that they're getting ready to do so not always Okay. On some level, yes, maybe, yes, but not on, not, not, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, I hear the same thing. No, they don't always know. Some know, some don't. Depends on their level of consciousness is what he says. Mm -hmm. Yep, correct, good job. Okay, so um, ask him, do you see this work as a job or did people say it was a job and they just labeled it? Because here's the thing with articles. Jenny, whenever you read something online, on TV, whatever, people are going to put their story to it because people love stories, uh, you know, and, you know, like TV shows, if you've ever watched the Nature Channel uh, where they're showing, you know, the predator and the prey and they create this story and they show you this predator is escaping this, what they don't tell you is a lot of times they're taking film, filming and footage of multiple predators, multiple prey, putting all the shots in a particular order and then saying this is the same predator and the same prey throughout the entire hour TV series. And I want you to know articles can be like that too. They can, they can a lot of them can be very false. Um, people's ideas get put in. So ask him, do you see this as a job, this work you do? Or is it just somebody labeled it as a job for you? He's going to, going to give me a bit of a smile saying, you know, he says, I'm not trained, I don't get paid. He said, I, it's not a job, it's, he does this because this is his service. Yes. Yes, he does it because he wants to. He doesn't do it as a job, doesn't see it as a job. You're very accurate. Good job. Okay. All right. So ask him, when you are beside somebody who's transitioning, what is it you're doing? What are you actually doing, Oscar? He shows me he's, he's giving enormous presence, just love. He's there. He's fully aware of the spirits, the energies, and he's it's like he's he. It's like I said before. He's showing me he's there, there to guide and to love, just like the angels do. But he's in the body. Okay, very good. So let me see what he says on that. So he says, yeah, he gives you an A plus on all of that. Um, so I'm going to ask him. So if you were to describe it to me, what is it you're doing? Okay, just so you can hear my words and and compare the idea. He says, I'm balancing energies. He says, I'm like a, a weaver. I don't really reach out, he says, and manipulate their energies, but I am a great magnet or balancer of the energy. When I ask, what, what does that mean exactly? 
He says it's the idea of helping them to float away. So he does feel he is contributing or being in service to the lifting off effect, uh, rocket ship lifting off. Um, so it's the idea of them getting ready to leave their body. He does feel indeed he helps. Okay, so is this about your enormous presence like you mentioned? He says my presence is very big. This cat's aura, take a feel of it. Oh, I felt it as soon as I saw him. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's strong. Yes. Okay. And you're fully aware of the energies, spirits, angels around. He is aware of other beings. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Um, take a look at whether he does or does not really engage or interact with the other angels and beings, you know, those in spirit who are doing the work from the other side while the person not, is transitioning. Not really, because he's doing right. his, he's, they're all there doing their part, yes. and, and Oscar's there doing his part. But I guess what, I, what uh, yeah, he's doing his part as an angel in the body. Yes, you've got it, that's exactly right on. Yep, yep, good job. So um, ask him, do you feel any sadness, like humans often grieve the passing of a loved one? Do you have any sadness for these people or grief for these people that are leaving their bodies? No. And ask him why not. This is a beautiful experience, he says. Um, it's part of life and it's the beautiful they're not going, they're, 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 they're still, like, there's no, there's, he just doesn't. Yes. He says that he just doesn't, that this, he doesn't see or feel the experience in the way that the humans around them, they feel this lack or emptiness. He does, in fact, he feels a fullness. <laughs> he feels a beautiful, um, he just sees the beauty in the, trend, in the, experience and that's what he sees and feels okay good good job good job so um ask him now does this energy or work ever become overwhelming or too much or draining on you no okay i hear no, no. he holds his he holds his um he holds his own. Mm. Mm -hmm. Good. He now doesn't ask. Let them influence. He doesn't let all the stuff going around around him. He doesn't. It doesn't influence him. No. Correct. It does not influence him. Good. 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 That's right. Um, ask him. Are you ever there to comfort the grievers who may surround the person who's dying? Again, he's clear that that's not really, no. No is correct. You got it. You got it. You're feeling it right. Okay, good. Um, ask him if somebody, uh, whoever, you know, powers that be in the hospital, decided to take him to their house to live and he was no longer doing this job, would that bother him or would he just adapt to the new living situation? That would bother him terribly. Okay, so let me hear what he says myself. So how would you feel about that? I wouldn't want to go, he says. I'd rather stay here. 
He's very adept and skilled at the work he does, feels that there are very few others capable of doing what he can do. So he, he like wants no part of the entire idea, even entertaining the idea of going elsewhere. So you're correct. It would bother him. Okay. Good. Let's see. Is there a particular question you want to ask him? I want to know if he's done this before on planet Earth. <laughs> okay. If this is... What did you get? <laughs> what I did he hear say? no. No. And I did pose it just to make sure we're asking the right question. I asked, have you ever done this in another body on planet Earth? And he says no. Not this job. Not this way. What do you hear? Well, not in this environment. Um... Uh, he's been many times before with, um, in, like, uh, he doesn't say important work, but with service, of service, but not like this in this environment, no. Mm -hmm. Good. Very good. So, just out of curiosity, ask Oscar, do you think that in uh, another future body here on Earth you will repeat the same work again? Why or why not? kind of says to me, you know, all things are always changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear him say, probably not. <laughs> mm. Mm. Good. Good, good, good. Ask him, who taught you to do this work? Oh. You know, he didn't. It's a, it's a, it's so such an inner guiding calling that he feels that it's like how do I word how does it's like he he says it's a bit more than me um, I don't get a direct answer on someone or something that taught him he taught himself yes yes oh. yes People are going to word you questions sometimes where the animal's like, well, you're asking the question, but my answer doesn't jive with your question. And that's, that's okay. Always give the answer of whatever you hear, even if it doesn't jive or match with the question. Sometimes an animal will, or a human will ask a question of an animal. They'll totally ignore you and give you something else because they want to talk about another topic. Always follow the animal. Okay? Uh -huh. So, yeah, I hear him say when I ask him, who taught you? He says, nobody taught me. I taught myself, me. It came from oh. within. Oh. Oh. Different words, same idea. You're right on. Oh. Oh. Good job. Anything else you want to ask Oscar? If not, we'll switch. Oh. I just want to know if he's, well, I, I can't say he's, he's fulfilled how he feels. I don't know, like, oh, he's just so beautiful, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's lovely. Oh. He's just so Ask him, are you happy? Are you happy? And we're not just talking about his work. We're talking about everything, you know, his life, everything. 
that he experiences. Are you happy as a cat? I get it. Very nice, very good feeling, very much a yes. He, he zones in and out. <laughs> he has what he needs. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep, he's quite content. Mm. Very good. Yeah, quite content. Mm. Um, one last question for him. Ask him, and do you feel that you are here to contribute to the living residents in the nursing home as well? I'm not, I don't understand your question. What do you mean? So these people aren't always in, you know, dying. So he obviously is in a building with humans, nursing home patients. So do you feel you are contributing as well to the living nursing home patients? Um, not so much. Not so much. Not so much directly. Although um, being there and the work he's doing is contributing to everybody, um, but no, not directly. Okay, good, good. Now feel into this answer for him. So um, how do you feel about the living residents? How do you feel about them? We're talking about your relationship with them, how you, you know, towards them as, as humans. Exactly, that's it. Do you, can you see how his interest is so much greater in doing his work than it is in hanging out with the living residents? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's got no need or, or desire for interactions or connections with them. He's just there, but they are part of his work, and that's who they are to him. As mm-hmm. He respects who they are as living human beings that are, yeah, yeah, that's it. He's he is he's very much very clear. He loves it. Mm. Mhm, mhm. It's good to get a feel sometimes about how an animal feels about their owner or the family, the humans that they live with, because sometimes they'll have strong ties and bonds, and sometimes they will not. And sometimes owners are like, "Will you please ask my cat be a lap cat, or you know, I want him to sit on my lap. I want to touch him. I want to pet him. I want him to follow me around." And the cat's like, "Hey, I'm really just not into humans. I like living with you. I love you in my own way, and I appreciate you. But I'm really not a touchy feely kind of guy. I don't need that kind of engagement. You know. Um, I always find that fascinating. The animals will be like, "Well, I do love her." But I don't have to show love in the way she's wanting it. Mm. You know? <laughs> I have two cats and I have one that's beautiful in that in they're both beautiful in their own way and one just loves all the cuddles and the and that, but the other one just doesn't. <laughs> but I still feel his love, you know. Yep. Yep. Very, 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 very much. Just not in the physic not with the affection. It's yeah, it's lovely. Yep. To, it's just, just, I just love their differences, really. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, let's go ahead and thank Oscar for his time and energy and teaching us today. And then disconnect from him. 
And remember, you know, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. That's a great one, that, because it's just very precise and very closure, closure, good closure. Yes. All right, your choice. Um, we can work with the other situation of Paul the Octopus, or we can do some sensing bodies with Aldo or Hershey. Your choice. Oh, it's so hard to choose because they're all, I want to do them all. Can you choose for me? <laughs> um, well, I want you to be able to... Life is wonderful, and life brings us so many gifts. But if you tune your awareness right now to the universe and ask universe, which uh, situation, which of these three choices will offer me what I need right here, right now, you'll get an answer. Octopus. Okay, then let's do that. It's always good as a communicator to get direction and guidance from the universe when we're not sure where to go. Okay. All right. So Paul the Octopus, um, Sue, have you heard about him previously or is this your first time? My first time I've heard about him. I had a quick read scan over the, the article. Okay. Um, it was a German sport. He was, sorry, I've already forgot a bit the detail, but I know he's passed away. Yep. 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 So no worries. So in a nutshell, um, the aquarium uh, staff <laughs> thought it would be funny, and they originally did it more as a um, just out of humor sort of thing, where they presented two plastic boxes, each with uh, the, I'm not sure what sport it was, football, I think it might have been, uh, football team, Germ these were German teams. You know, the flag representation of each of the teams was placed on the identical plastic boxes pieces of some sort of food treat that the octopus would like were placed inside it. And the, the humans said to each other, hey, whichever food slice he gets first is going to be his prediction of the winning team. Well, they did it as a joke the first few times. And then what they started to discover was that, whoa, he's proving to be accurate. <laughs> and I, I forget what the stats were. I don't think this particular article has it. But another article was like, oh, let's see. In total, he went um, eight to zero in his predictions. So he even, you know, was accurate in defining who was the winning team for the final uh, World Cup, which was apparently a very big deal over in Germany. So um, he, he did very well. His, he was more than 50-50, obviously, if he was 8-0. to zero. So we're going to just talk with Paul and ask him about his experiences in doing this work. So same thing as with the cat. Introduce yourself. Let him know why you've come to talk with him and ask for his permission. I'll do the same. And do you get a yes or a no? I get a yes. He's quite jovial. <laughs> yes, indeed. Good job. <laughs> so, <laughs> go ahead and ask him, how did you know which team was, gonna be, was going to win? We want to know how he did it, okay? And again, don't go to your mind for this. This is all from his perspective, so drop down and ask. tells me he's just he has a he he knows 
his ability as a his with his psychic with his um, third eye like he could see it okay and ask him to tell you more on that how could you see it is our follow-up question the colors okay so ask him so tell me about the colors let's try it we want to try try if you were if I was a client and I was hiring you I would want to know how did this being figure this out so accurately so you need to explain that to me so he could see the celeb the the he could see the colors of the team that was celebrating the victory okay okay so Paul truth is that what you told her he said in a way he says I feel it um, he shows me tingling energy around the particular box that would be the team that would win you call it celebration energy oh. she calls it he says excitement energy tingling energy it's one in the same so again different words we're getting as we're always going to get same concept so you're right on mm-hmm good so ask him did you understand that the people were like really the audience observing you do this were really interested in knowing <laughs> who you were going to pick were you paying any attention to them and their feelings well yes and no he 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 didn't he just saw it as a fun game he did he could say yes no yeah <laughs> yes and no so tell me what the yes is and then get his answer and then go to the no part and say what's the no part whenever I get yes and no from an animal I always like to break it down tell me the yes and tell me the no yes they were very intense no he just was playing his own game okay so I also hear yes he says I could feel their energy feel their interest I don't get he put an awful lot of weight on it but he was aware of it um, so was it was it a game for yourself or a game for them it you know I get it was more for mm, both actually is what I hear it was for him originally and then he saw the joyousness that was produced after they saw that he was right and it was like he was very observant I don't get to care that they were excited but he was very like oh look at their reaction kind of thing and it was of interest to him <laughs> To me, I felt like it was fun for him. Okay, yes, yes, it was fun for him. This is true. True, too. <laughs> it's why, this is why the joy, 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 jovial and the, the, that it, it was fun for him, which was what he enjoyed about it. But I guess the fun for him was seeing the fun for them. Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah. As good. well. Yep, yep, yep. He enjoyed the whole process. <laughs> mm. You did. Excellent. Ask him, um, so you did it at least eight times. Did you ever grow bored towards the end? Like, oh, it's not as exciting as the first few times? Not at all. <laughs> Good. Ask him why not. Why didn't you grow bored? It's just that joy. The joy, the fun. It was just, just because it became more, he felt that the people got more and more excited. And that was exciting him then too. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So let's switch gears a bit. So ask him, so um, what caused your body to die? What are you aware of that caused your body to die? And I will tell you, according to the articles, he lived to a common age. Yeah, 
gosh, he tells me that his environment wasn't really conducive for his greatest health and longevity, um, that even though he was having fun and enjoying um, what he was doing, he, he didn't feel he was in really in a very healthy environment. Okay. Ask him about the size of the environment. Was it big enough? No. Good. No, That's it was a very, it actually his environment was quite unhappy. Even though his, what he was doing was fun, it was, it was an un, like for he, who he, it wasn't good for him, no. Okay. Okay. Good. So, um, ask him, did any of this have to do with any form of starvation? Well, yes, that's what was, he wasn't looked after properly or fed properly. He was ill, sick. Okay. Okay. So I hear starvation. There's definitely an issue with the environment. It feels too confining. Um, and I get that. Well, you take a look. The confining environment. How did it impact him emotionally? Well, outside of the exciting moments of doing this, this, this sport thing, he was very, very sad and depressed. Okay. I don't get sad, I don't get depressed, but I do get ho-hum, like, boredom really isn't the right word. What is, you give me the word, Paul. He says, unsatisfactory. I felt like I was in an unsatisfactory environment, unstimulating, unenriching, plain, boredom. Um, It's like same, same, stagnant. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, which you certainly may interpret, you know. um, I I mean, to me, I don't feel depression. I do feel ho-hum, dull, twiddling my thumbs. It doesn't feel, uh, you know, depression for me has it, but it might be your definition too. Um, So it doesn't feel as severe as depression, but certainly not content, not happy, joyful. You're right. Okay, good. So the starvation is something he was telling me about too, so I'm glad you you sensed that as well. Yeah, it feels like eventually what made him, you know, leave his body was starvation. He, when I asked, so were you not fed right? He says it was inadequate. What was he missing? Ask him. What were you missing in your diet? Uh, he was missing nutrition uh, from live living food, okay. like what he would like living things where he could feel where he gets the full total nourishment that he needs. Okay, okay, you're definitely right about he was missing nutrition because I hear him say I was missing nutrients. So nutrients. Um, let me see. It was poor quality. It was also the same. Can you feel the lack of variation? As far as, did you need live food, wild live food, where they had the nutrients from the outside world that would have been brought into my tank and into my body? So yeah, you're right. Lack of nutrition. He feels that live sources would have, well, from the outside the aquarium, would have helped him to survive. Ask him, were you sad towards the end that you were dying once you knew you were dying? Yeah, he was, yes. Okay. Um, I hear him say it wasn't the most happy thing, so were you sad towards the end? 
Yeah, there was a little bit of depression there, definitely. And you might have been picking up towards the latter end. So yes, give yourself credit for the depression after all. Good job. That's where I, I felt it, towards the end. The feeling he gives me is towards the end. A bit like the Oham, but it's kind of like, oh, oh like it's, he feels he missed many things. Okay, let me ask him that. Did you tell Jenny you feel like you missed many things? Yeah, there's more he would have liked to have accomplished. But the setting was limiting, he mm. says. Mm. Okay, good. Good. Well, let's send him thanks and gratitude for teaching us today. He was a great teacher. Mm. <laughs> now he feels joy, though. Like <laughs> Sure. Sure, absolutely. So isn't it interesting, Jenny, that we can present a topic to an animal and they can be all happy about it. And then you present a different topic and it's like, ooh, you know, you can feel them in a different way. Oh. It's funny. Oh. You know, I, I get the impression sometimes people will ask, is my animal happy? And they, they think that the animal will say yes because they take the dog for walks or they do agility with them. When I ask the animal, are you happy, I back up and I ask that animal from the point of view of, let's look at everything in your life in entirety. Your relationships, your family, the, with foods you eat, the you know, exercising that you do, in your entirety, are you happy? Mm. It's a whole different angle than if you ask, were you happy doing agility? Mm. Okay. Mm. Mm. Good. All right, let's thank him and separate from him. And what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. Very good. And we've probably got time for at least one more. Who next? Oh, oh. I think I've never worked with a pig before, so again, it's so hard to choose. <laughs> All right, so this is Hershey. He's a male. He is, um, oh, I don't know. I probably have to go back to the website. He's in a sanctuary. He's up for adoption, has been for a couple years. He is probably about seven years old at this point, give or take. Um, last time I spoke with him was probably about a year ago, so I'm going to assume he's still in the physical. Uh, regardless, he'll still be able to talk about his body. So let's go ahead and connect with Hershey, introduce yourself, and state your purpose for why you're contacting him. Mm -hmm. Okay, so may we work with you, Hershey? He says, absolutely. So let's start with the happiness question. Ask, you, ask him, are you happy? But make sure you back up and take it all in, Jenny. Yeah, well, Hershey tells me he, I mean, if I just say to you straight what, I, what he tells me, what I the sensed was he absolutely loves where he's at. Yes. in this sanctuary that he has so much activity he loves the social activity of the people and the other animals around him he gets a lot of attention um he also i mean he senses he knows he's lucky to be alive and to be there he has a real happiness um he gets fed a variety of foods it's not always yeah he's he's pretty non-fussy 
with the food. He yeah. likes it. It's fine. Um, Good. Good. Yeah, I guess yeah. that he's happy all around. Yes. Every time I talk with him, I've worked with him with many students over the years. This pig loves his environment. He's very happy at the sanctuary. <laughs> so ask him, are you at all sad that you don't have your own particular home? You know, people, your own people, things of that sort. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So he's a nice example of a very happy, content sanctuary animal who, if he lives the rest of his lifetime there, ask him, will you be happy? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. So go ahead and merge with him energetically. Feel his face as if it's yours. Feel his eyes, his ears, his snout, his teeth. Feel the neck. Feel the body width, how wide he is, how tall he is. And feel the front legs the back legs, and his little tail. Now, Jenny, anytime we're merged with an animal, we can actually have them move so that we can feel what their body, how it's put together, okay, and, and how things move against each other, bones move against bones, etc. So I want you to have him walk, and I want you to bring your awareness to one of the four limbs where it feels a little off. Mm -hmm. Okay, are we talking a front or a back? Front? Yes, it is a front. Now, Jenny, I'll tell you for me as Danielle, my rights and left, left and right sometimes come through flip-flopped. 80% of the time, I seem to be very accurate, and owners confirm, yes, it is on, on that side. So I'm not going to put too much weight in whether you get left or right or I get right or left. But just for kicks, if you tried to pinpoint it to the best of your ability, what do you feel it? Which one? Left. Okay. So, and I feel it on the front right. So, again, we're not going to put too much weight in it. I would always say to the owner, you know, in reality, it doesn't really matter which one it is because now I'm going to ask him to tell me if I was looking at him, like you owner are looking at him, how would I know if I was looking at you, which one it is, which one is the problem? So ask him that. Well, he, he'll, you can say that he limp on it. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, he moves different on it. Um, you can describe it as a limp. We'll stick with that. That's fine. I want you to feel the entire limb. Okay, for you it's the front left, for me it's the front right. I want you to feel it from the tippy toe and then travel up the wrist bones, you know, and all the way up till you reach the top part of the shoulder. And tell me, and you might have to have him walk or even trot in order for you to feel where is their tightness in this section of the limb? Um, from the, between the, the first, the part from the ground to the, do they have like a knee like we do, you know, or elbow, elbow, between the foot and the elbow, the front shin. Okay, okay, I know where you're talking. Yeah, 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 they do have 
I don't know if vets call it a knee, but I would call it a knee because they can certainly bend down in the front, uh, kneel down in the front, and their elbow would be closer up towards the core of the body where it connects to the body. Okay. So I feel a very dull, heavy sensation yeah. in between the knee and the foot. Okay. Okay. And it feels like it's a bone problem. Okay. Now check for a second place that has tightness. Well, the shoulder. Yes. Describe to me how the shoulder feels to him. Now you're like one with him. So it's kind of got like the bones aren't connecting properly. Good. Like they're not merging the way they're supposed to when they move. They're not in sync. Okay, good. So what's his range of motion like on that front left? Very limited. Okay. It looks like it's stiff, but it's really, for him, it feels limited. Okay, definitely limited. Yep, so compare the, the front left to the front right's range of motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very different, maybe half, less. Yes, 50%, half, you got it right on, good. Now ask him, or feel it, either way, do you have pain? Okay. A little bit of, um, the pain comes a little bit, um, uh, I have to just put his picture back on the screen. He does, yes. Okay, ask is the pain 24-7? It's more when he's moving. Okay and present to him the scale. The pain scale I use for animals is zero to 10. Zero being no pain, you're completely perfect and fine. 10 being it's so excruciating, you are begging to be released from your body right here and now. Yeah, he's showing me a five. Okay, and I get a level two. So we're definitely in the, the lower range. He's nowhere close to 10. Okay, good. Um, and I hear him say, it's kind of like, it, it bothers me over only now and then, so I don't feel every 24-7, does it, does it bother you when you're moving? He says yes, sometimes. Does it cause you a level 2 pain when you're moving? He says sometimes. So when doesn't it cause you a level 2 pain? He says when I'm stretched out real good. Oh, ask, this, ask him to show you or tell you how he stretches his body. He lies on his side and he just puts his feet out in front of him and they kind of pushed, pushed out forward like a dog, the way a dog lays down on his side. Yes, yes, okay, good, yes. So downward dog, <laughs> to me that's like a yoga pose. Um, you're seeing it on the side, I'm seeing him doing it standing up, same idea. He's stretching his front half, his limbs, uh, away from the core of his body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. So ask him, are you a pig that likes to be pet by people who are friendly and who you know? Oh, he loves it. Where? Oh, on his belly. On his head. <laughs> All over. <laughs> okay. On his belly. Okay. So I definitely get head. Um, do you get butt? Oh, not butt, no. Yep, not so much. Good. How about back? Yes. Yep, likes that. Um, 
for belly, let me see. Do you like your belly rubbed? See, I, I get more of a, no, not really interested. I get the sides of the face, huge priority, and over the head and neck, and the sides of his shoulders. I get he really likes that. I don't get a huge hit on belly. Uh, what about the back, left, and right limbs, legs? Not so much. Not so much. Good job. That's correct. Good. So ask him about when you want attention from a person, how do you ask for it? He, he pushes their nose, his nose into them. Okay. Okay, good. So he stands right there, he says. And I do see his nose. I see his nose going up in the air. Do you ever actually push it into their bodies? He says sometimes I get real close to their pant leg. They can't miss me that way. <laughs> good, 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 good. Ask him, do you have any other pig friends where you live? He does, yes. Yes, he Quite does. Quite a few. And are those satisfying relationships? Yes, very much. Mm-hmm. Very happy. Good. And let's propose, just because we're curious humans, if you were the only pig at the sanctuary, would you find that the other animals of various species would provide as satisfying a relationship as your fellow pig friends do? I get a bit of a yes and no again. Um, yes, he loves his other relationships. Yes, he loves his own kind. Um, it does, there's something... No, I get that he's fine. Mm. He'd be still very satisfied with his other relationships. Okay. And who does he have, does he have a preference? Pig relationships uh, being, you know, closer for him or closer with other species or doesn't it matter? It doesn't matter. Okay. I get a huge preference for pigs of his own kind because he says we understand each other, but he does have fun with the other species too. Mm-hmm. I guess it. For me, if it's like, well, he'd still be very happy and content, but yes, he does love his own kind, mm -hmm. he still finds a lot of joy. Okay. Yes, good, good, good. Whenever, and I don't know if this will um, be a value to you or not, but I'll present it. So when I present a, because owners will be like, oh, do they like this food or that food? What I like to do is imagine viewing the animal standing in front of both pieces of food and asking them, so do you have a preference? And I'll see the answer, feel the answer, hear the answer, but oftentimes what I'll see is an actual image of the animal moving towards that which they perform, prefer more if they have a preference for one over the other. Mm -hmm. And when I present you know, a group of pigs being friends versus other species, I see him moving towards the pigs and being like, this is my preference. And then he shows me moving over to the other group and being like, but I could be okay over here too. So you are right, Jenny. You are right. Good. I guess also there's this, I've got to get, I had a few yes and no's today, so um, just asking more about that as well to clarify. Yeah, so when you get a yes and no answer, always ask the animal, what's the yes part? Okay, mm. got it. And what's the no part? Mm. Because even when you ask a human a question, we're not always black and white, right? We're like, well, in this scenario, I prefer this. In that scenario, I prefer that. Mm. Yep, so honor whatever you hear. Give it, give it all to the person who's listening. <laughs> Excellent. All right, we are at time, so let's go ahead and thank him. 
You were a great teacher, Hershey. Good job. <laughs> he puts a little, a little cap on himself that says the word smarts. He says, you're welcome. I shared my smarts with you. <laughs> yes, you did. All right, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. Excellent. Any questions before we end for today? Um, um, I guess, um, just, you know, when we're sharing the communication and whether it be you and I or a few others, um, sometimes it can come across so different. Why is that? I mean, we could just be outright wrong, couldn't, couldn't we? Like, I Well, guess here's the thing. You could be outright wrong or... The angle you're asking the question from and the angle I'm asking the question from could be slightly different. Okay, um, that's why I, when I work with my students, I always, well, I don't always, I like to present the question so that we don't just word it in two different ways and get two different answers. That could be truly accurate for each of us because wording does matter. <laughs> so um, we could be asking it from different places. You know, um, some people, let me give you an example. Sometimes I'll have a group of students and we'll all be working with an animal that's in the zoo, okay? And we'll all ask the question, is the cage big enough for you? If I go in asking that question from a, a truly, you know, neutral standpoint, I have no point of view about zoo animals in cages, then I will honestly hear whatever the animal's answer is. If one of my students goes in and asks that same question, wording it the exact same way I did, but they have a belief or an opinion that zoos are terrible places and that all animals should be left out in the wild, then they're more likely to hear any slight negative or complaint that that animal says on their cage where their answer might be, you know, it is big enough, but I wish it was a little bigger. The person may not hear the, I, I, it's overall pretty good. All they'll hear is the, I wish it was bigger. So they get an incomplete answer. They get a piece versus the whole thing. Does that I make sense? It does. It does. So it's kind of like there really is no wrong answers. There's just answers that have been filtered. <laughs> well, that's true. There's filtered mm -hmm. answers, right? Now, are there no wrong? Well, there, there are times that people hear completely wrong, completely wrong, because their mind jumped in and gave them but something. Well, that's what I mean. It's not that it's wrong. It's just that the mind filtered it and made it into their own answer. <laughs> Does that mean? Anyway, it's saying the same thing, I think. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the human getting their own yeah. answer to the human, but they totally disconnected and didn't hear the animal at all. Animal. So I would yeah. call that a really wrong answer because you weren't even wrong. connected. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is yeah. technically wrong, but it's, it's wrong because of the, yeah, the mind. Actually, I did have some aha moments this week and that was in some decisions I had made and I actually saw how my own belief systems made those decisions that I didn't make, if you know what I mean. Like, I'm like, yes. hey, sure. my belief system. Now that I can see that belief system, I can actually see how limited my um, decision-making process was. In fact, I don't think I even made a decision. I just yep. re 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 reacted and re or responded even, even in, think even in thinking about it, not just, you know, but thinking about it through a, limit, through a belief, limiting belief system showed me how everything, and that was because I was telling my partner about the, 
how you told me, if we don't believe in reincarnation, we won't hear it or see it from the animals. It's yes. not in our... Just a, that was a really good example of a... You know, that's a big belief system, you know, that some have, some haven't. So, yeah, and I, and I started to see have these ahas, and then I realised, oh, it, it's sometimes hard to put words for it, but it, I really realised how I didn't open my perspective in that decision I'd made, or I, and I did really just was, boom, there, like, it was like being trapped. Yeah, and how awesome for you to have had that experience to be able to see that, because unless you're trapped, you don't know you're trapped until you see slightly outside that perspective and you can look in and say, hey, I was trapped. So that's awesome. That means you moved far enough away or backed up far enough to create enough space between you and your belief that you were able to actually see your belief. Think about how many humans and animals live on the planet from their beliefs that they don't even know they're trapped in a belief that influences their every thought, their every action. It's amazing. It was amazing because it's just like, my, my gosh, I didn't even know that I was in that belief when I made that decision. So I really didn't make that decision. <laughs> I just, just, you know, just, it was a really, that was a really an aha moment. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess too, it then posed that place of where am I? Who am I without the beliefs? And it just comes back to that emptiness, doesn't it? Yes. Yep. You are essence. You are soul. You are you are you without the name Jenny attached. Mm. Mm. <laughs> nice. So my husband says to me, he goes, This is a spiritual job. <laughs> not a this is like not a job you say, but it's journey. Like it's a spiritual awakening. Yes, it is. Something. Yes, it is. That's you know, uh, you know, when I first started doing animal communication, I thought it was about talking with the animals, hearing their perspectives and understanding them. And then along the way, I realized, you realized a lot quicker than I did, oh my God, this is a spiritual journey. Whoa, this is bigger than just talking with the animals. Oh yes. <laughs> well to, done. To be, to be in that place that you described, that we need to be in to fully, to be fully aware and to really hear authentically, we've, we, that, that is a place of just complete, no, like, Oh, so attuned and so um, clear and free. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, exactly. And two, Jenny, we're all going to pick up slightly different things from slightly different angles, too. So um, what one perceives can be accurate and somebody else gets completely different verbiage or maybe even a seemingly contradictory answer, and yet when you come down to it, if the core concept still ends up being the same thing, the animal's still talking about the same thing, um, yeah. So, right or wrong, mm, in our everyday speaking language as a teacher to a student, I want to guide you towards, yes, I'm hearing that, so I'll call that right, for lack of a better word. No, I'm not getting that. I don't get that at all. I can't seem to sense that, what you're getting from any angle, so for lack of a better word, I'll call that wrong. Um, but, you know, when it all comes down to it, we all do our best. Mm. Yeah. Well, with the, but do you find, though, that it's so much more than just talking to the animals, or is do you know what I mean? Like, where do you where do you sit with that? Like, sometimes I see it as such a evolution. And do you do you find that as well? Or, oh yeah, know, it's one thing to you talk know. to animals and help the animals and this, that, and the other. And that's of course 
<laughs> amazing and absolutely so necessary. And yet there's so much more to it. Do you, do you see that as well? It's so much more. It's so much more for you as well. Everything we do, we do truly for ourselves. Mm. Um, mm. You know, we are, I am, you are on this journey, not just to talk to animals, not just to help people, but it's, it's about our own growth and expansion mm. and wherever <laughs> that leads. I, I mean, truly, everything we say to another, do for another, it it's really comes down to we're doing it for ourselves. Now, in oneness, we're all connected, so sure, they're having, you know, in, they're in cause and effect truly does exist, but, but oh yes, this is very much about you and your journey, Jenny. Mm, mm. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, this is bigger than just talking. And the, and the animals are already—they already know that, don't they? Like they're already there. Mm, not not all of them. Not all of them. Some of them are just as new to the journey as you and I, and others. Oh my God, they—they they know the journey inside and out. <laughs> and, it's, and is that what you? Is that sort of the old soul, young soul, or not, a lot of times? A lot of times, or they'll be really skilled and adept in a certain topic area and totally, you know, newbie in other areas. Okay, so I've talked to a horse, I'll give you an example. I'll talk to a horse that, oh my God, she is so wise, so smart, so brilliant, can offer the most amazing advice to her owner. But when it comes to her owner riding her, she is like a little kid learning how to walk. She, this horse is just so uneducated when it comes to that area of her life. So it's not an all or nothing. It varies. Yeah. All right, my friend. Let's go ahead and end for today. And just, again, give me 48 hours to get you the recording. And, yeah, see if you can do some practices before we next speak. Ideally with Alicia, although I won't push you if you're not too ready. I'll just okay. nudge you. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> Contact Alicia. Oh, it's only on Tuesday. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. You take care. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.